Eric Holcomb wins the GOP nomination for governor. Did the Mike Pence endorsement make the difference? The new matchup in the governor's race and the Indiana delegation highlights from the Democratic National Convention in Philadelphia. Andre Carson's rap, his floor speech, and the notable no-shows. That plus winners and losers and more on Indiana Week in Review for the week ending July 29, 2016. <music> Programming is made possible by Ice Miller. Ice Miller, with a 100-year tradition of learning what is important to clients and strategizing with them toward a common goal. Today, Ice Miller continues its commitment to help clients build, grow, and protect their interests. More at icemiller.com. This week, the Indiana State Republican Central Committee chose Lieutenant Governor Eric Holcomb to replace Mike Pence on the ballot for governor. He defeated Congresswoman Susan Brooks on the second ballot. Accomplished so much in the last decade, over the last 12 years, really going back to 2005, and I've had a front row seat, learned a lot in that seat. Is Eric Holcomb the best candidate for the Republicans? It's the first question for our Indiana Week in Review panel. Democrat Ann Delaney. Republican Mike McDaniel. Nikki Kelly, State House Bureau Chief for the Fort Wayne Journal-Gazette. And Leslie Weidenbenner, Managing Editor of the Indianapolis Business Journal. I'm Wish TV State House reporter Jim Shella. Ann Delaney, would you rather run against Holcomb than the others in that race? Oh, I think absolutely. I mean... When, when you look at this, the Republican Party had a chance with Becky Skillman to put her forward as a gubernatorial candidate in an open seat. They had another chance with Sue Elsperman to put her forward as a, a gubernatorial candidate and Susan Brooks, all three of which, I might add, are more qualified to be governor than Eric Holcomb. And instead... What do they do? Now they're picking another woman for the backbench. They're willing to Suzanne, put them out there for Suzanne color. Suzanne Crouch is Eric Holman, Holcomb's right. choice for lieutenant so governor. So second, second place or backup team, but never leader, which tells you a lot about the state Republican Party. But I think, uh, tell me if I'm not right, Mike, that this had more to do with politics than right. gender. It, it, what, it, the problem was Susan Brooks was seen as being too moderate, was she not? I don't think that was it at all. I think we had a situation. Well, you were there last week in Philadelphia and yeah. saw you had three-quarters of the or Cleveland, and you had three-quarters of the state committee there, and you saw three of the major primary candidates working these folks. Uh, believe me, this was a very tough decision for them because they had two congressmen and a sitting a lieutenant governor, and uh, this was very hard. But, you know, Eric Holcomb is probably one of the most qualified candidates we've ever had. He's terrific out there on the stump. He Nobody works harder than he does. And the team of he and, and Suzanne Crouch together are going to be dynamic. I mean, it's a lot of energy there, a lot of statewide contacts, a lot of organizations in place in all 92 counties. Uh, with various groups, from veterans to firefighters to you name it. And they're going to be about as hardworking team as you've ever seen in your life. Okay, but one thing that came up this week, they don't have any money to start with. And uh, Mike Pence, in his endorsement, said that he would help 
financially, but it appears that much of the $7 million that he had in his campaign account can't go to Eric Holcomb. Right, and Eric Holcomb, of course, used that financial backing as part of the reason that he sent a note to all the committee members to try to get their support. And I do think it came as a huge surprise on Monday after Holcomb's picking that there were some problems with that. I know I had spoken to Jim Bopp that morning, and he was like, no, 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 that, you know. Election law attorney. Election law is fine. And then, you know, he has to call me back a couple hours later to say, well, you know, there appear to be some complications. <laughs> Did the Mike Pence endorsement make the difference here? Well, I think I think it certainly made a uh, had a big impact because it's very difficult, and I think we talked about this last week. It's very difficult um, for the state committee to ignore the wishes of the outgoing governor and the vice presidential nominee. Having said that, Eric Holcomb has tremendous relationships on the 22-member state committee that made this decision. Um, but I do think there are questions about whether, in the long run, he's the best politically situated um, to make this run. Well, and this is the third office he's run for in the last uh, six months, four months, something like that. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. He was, he was running for months. He was running for U.S. Senate, then he was running and then for he was Lieutenant running Governor. Lieutenant governor. The, and now, Governor, with the circumstances you're presented when does the music with. stop? That's silly. It keep, well, silly. Uh, that's if silly. Suzanne Crouch wins, that'll be the fourth yeah, order, and you know what, third auditor and in four the, years. You're the only no, one that cares about that. It would be the fourth if they win. Oh, thank you. The Democrats don't even take the statewide offices seriously, so what do you care? Time now. Oh, so you don't either. Is that what you're saying? Time yeah. now for viewer feedback. Each week we pose an unscientific online poll question in conjunction with our Ice Miller email and text alerts. This week's question, who is the favorite in the race for governor? Your choices are A, John Gregg, B, Eric Holcomb, or C, it's a toss-up. Last week's question, how would you rate Mike Pence's speech at the Republican convention in Cleveland? 23% said excellent, 30% said okay, 47% said off the mark. If you'd like to take part in the poll, go to WFYI.com org slash IWIR and look for the poll. John Gregg had a low-key reaction to the selection of Holcomb. He said it won't change his approach. The race was never about running against Mike Pence. It was always about those failed policies, and uh, it's about the economy. It's about high-wage-paying jobs like we're seeing down here today. It's about pre-kindergarten. It's about our public education system, working with teachers. Well, Mike, he says it's not. A, it wasn't about running against Mike Pence, but we're hearing lots of Democrats saying that Eric Holcomb's going to have to answer for Mike Pence's record now. He, look, he doesn't want to change his game plan. This is this is exactly what their campaign plan was all about, and that's been ruined for them now. And I hope they stick with it because it's a loser. The record of the Pence administration and the Daniels administration, 12 years of Republican leadership, has been absolutely outstanding. It's an easy record for him to go out and run on. One that he probably does a good a job as selling that record as anybody we have in the entire party. So that's that's silly. I hope they yeah. stick to that plan because well, yeah. it didn't Tell me, work. Do, yeah. Well, do Democrats want to want to hang Mike Pence's record on Eric Holcomb? How, how can you be, not? Because you think it'll be effective, or is it because Holcomb's <laughs> an unknown and you got nothing? No, else? <laughs> Holcomb endorsed all of Mike Pence's record, including Rifra. And you don't have to take my word for that. What did Bill Osterley say about him? He said his his switch on that issue after telling him he was not in favor was a betrayal betrayal from the former campaign manager for Mitch Daniels. He's a, he has adopted the restrictive abortion laws. He's, he's adopted the uh, restrictions on voting. He is Mike Pence, but a taller version. That's all. <laughs> Will the voters see it that way? 
I think so. I think certainly by the time the Democrats get done painting it that way, they will. And the hard part for Eric Holcomb is you can't adopt part of the Pence record, which are maybe more jobs and, um, you know, a strong balanced economy, budget, a balanced budget. You can't adopt part of it without adopting the other part of it. And that's going to be the difficult balance. Wait, who's the favorite? Well, I think, obviously, Governor Pence was the favorite before, but I would have to say I might lean a little bit towards John Gregg now. I mean, Given let me help you. Let me help you. There are negative ads already targeting John Gregg. Yeah. That tells yeah. you something. Tells you. Well, there were negative the ads targeting John Gregg before. Well, they still yeah. John started the negative ads, so this is a response <laughs> to that. They're not going to sit back and take that from him. He is running against Mike Pence. That's take all what I've, from him? That's all I've got. I've seen his ad. That's all I've got his so far. His ad exactly yeah. says look, what Mike look, Pence look, did, and Greg says it, John Gray says he's been running for governor for six years. One, that's not true, because there was a period after he got beat last time and said, I'm done. I'm not running anymore. Oh, saying you're running oh, for governor okay. for like six oh, years is okay. like saying you're stuck in sixth grade. Oh. You know, I mean, it's crazy. That's nonsensical. It's nonsensical. It's goofy. He's but, just as but, well, whatever, you say, what, whatever you say, they, a lot of the landscape has changed here, oh, including, no, sure, no including the fact that the Democratic Governors Association is putting should, money in here because well, you know what? It's now a targeted race it nationally. It was neck and neck when Mike Pence was the nominee. John Gregg is ahead now and will continue to be. Me, You've got a clone of Mike Pence appointed yeah. by Mike Pence. The lieutenant <clears throat> governor was appointed by Mike Pence. You have Mike Pence there with all his baggage. First of all, Mike Pence was never behind in the governor's race. The Democrats act like he was, and he, he never was. He wasn't there polling. He, he never was. was. He was never behind in the governor's race. They never released was. that poll. Money will not be a problem in his campaign for Eric Holcomb. He'll have all the money. <laughs> the RGA will be do. on board well, as they were with the RGA will be there in a big way, along with other people that may not have been there before. A lot of Mitch Daniels' money will come back to the Eric Holcomb. I don't think Osterley's will come. Believe me. Well, maybe not Osterley, but maybe you pick there are one a few guy. like him like you him. You pick one guy. I'm just telling you. think he has betrayed gonna, them. I bet you what. I'll tell you this right now. I bet you he has the money he needs to tell his story in this campaign. Okay, well, I he's going to have, think so? he's Leslie, have to give a Leslie. lot. I will say I do think the choice of Suzanne Crouch was... Excellent. Excellent choice. Excellent politically. Yep. Very good choice. What? For second, second, she's from second year. She's from Evansville. She's a woman. Her she's second she's year. Incredibly, they run women she's for lieutenant governor, but let's never. Listen to Leslie. When, when's listen. the last time we had a Democrat woman <laughs> candidate for governor? Never. That's not true, Michael. When was it? When was it? Uh, Joe Long Tom. Joe Long Tom. I'm talking about somebody that was a serious candidate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, she was the nominee. Oh, she was the nominee, which is right. more than you can say. All right, to Philadelphia now and the Democratic National Convention, where Congressman Andre Carson was the only member of the Indiana delegation to give a floor speech. I'm from Indiana. And I have seen Mike Pence's terrible judgment up close. Pence has fought against same-sex couples having equal rights. Pence rejected federal funding for pre-K education. And for years, Pence has fought to defund Planned Parenthood both in Indiana and across this country. We cannot let the terrible judgment of Mike Pence and Donald Trump impact our civil rights. Leslie Weidenbenner, why did Andre Carson get that opportunity? There are so many reasons to give, <laughs> give Andre Carson that opportunity. I mean, one, 
being from Indiana and able to speak um, from you know the first person about Mike Pence. So that starts. Plus, the Democratic Party was very much about showing its diversity. He's black. He's a Muslim. And he is a former police officer, which I think plays particularly well with all of the tensions that are going on right now across the country. I, I thought it was interesting. 20 years ago at the Democratic National Convention in Chicago, his grandmother, who held that same seat, mm -hmm. was able to address the convention then. There's some nice symmetry there. I bet she didn't, like, rap or rhyme like he did, though. <laughs> well, we're going to get to that in a second. We're going get to we're get to that in a second. Um, but another indication that the Democrats, uh, nationally and in Indiana, uh, like to run against Mike Pence. Well, the reason, your original question, why did they pick him? One, there are only two Democrat congressmen from Indiana, and I think he was the only one there. And Donnelly obviously has caller Senator, ID. Senator Donnelly. So, Senator Donnelly was there. He was there, but he has caller ID. He probably would accept Senator the Donnelly, invitation. Oh, Sen Senator Donnelly is not known for playing yeah, up his party. Exactly. Well, <laughs> and Andre is a very effective speaker uh, on top of those other qualifications there. So he was a good choice for that, and he did an excellent job. And he is pointing out the baggage that Mike Pence brings to the national ticket. He was one of, uh, I believe, five speakers from the Black Caucus right. who, who shared that, that time on stage. Um, all right. Still with Congressman Carson, he took part in Indiana's portion of the roll call of states, sharing the moment with Delegation Chair Vi Simpson, and he employed skills require skills acquired as a teenage rapper. Their bigotry is tired. Their attacks are uninspired. So Mike Pence and Donald Trump, you are officially fired. It is my pleasure to cast one abstention. 43 votes for Senator Bernie Sanders. And 48 votes for the next president of the United States, Hillary Rodham Clinton. For those of us like me who have fought the good fight on behalf of women, broken a few glass ceilings of our own. This is so meaningful tonight. I'm, I can barely keep the tears in. With those progressive ideals, we can merge them to support Hillary Clinton because we cannot have a Trump presidency. Well, Nikki Kelly, that's Andre Carson talking about unity with the Bernie Sanders delegates. And, and the roll call that you heard there from Indiana is everything that the Sanders delegates were protesting about. Bernie Sanders won Indiana, yet Hillary Clinton got more delegates because she had the super delegates. Um, will that ever change? Well, obviously not. I mean, it's in the history books now. But I, I mean, going forward, will the Democratic rules change? I don't know. I mean, I think there's probably a good move for that. Uh, I think a lot of people, this whole process has shown that the superdelegates has been a very unpopular thing. Yeah. Well, Republicans have superdelegates, too. They don't have any near, anywhere near as many. You have had 168 superdelegates. Democrats have 719. And I think there's a lot of room between 168 and 719 for compromise. And that was part of the, uh, the platform. And I think compromise would be a good thing. On the other hand, 
Part of the reason that we have a mainstream candidate and not Donald Trump running is the superdelegates. And I don't want to give those all up because you see what happens in the Republican Party when they lose control like they did. Well, but the Sanders, this is evidence of why the Sanders delegates had reason to be upset, is it not? Well, I mean, the, these were the rules. The, the, everybody knew the rules when they started. So, yes, a lot of the Sanders supporters, it's easy to see why they would be upset. But it's not as if there were rules were changed in the middle of the process. I mean, the rules were followed, and that's the way they worked out. And she had more votes, too. I just think a lot of people, a lot of Sanders supporters, and probably even Hillary supporters, weren't aware of those rules, the intricacies of it, as they went in. And then once he started getting some momentum and some rules, you know, and some some votes in some states, it just became like but a slap the, in the face. The situation is so complicated. They are and very it's complicated. very hard even for party people who are very active right. in the party to understand what's right. going on. And so, of course, a lot of these new voters would not. And, and a lot of these people had never been to a convention before, had never been to a Democratic state convention before, Bernie Sanders included. I mean, one of the discussions about why he was sitting in the audience listening before and not preparing a speech was somebody said, well, this is the first Democratic national convention he'd ever been to. He's probably soaking up the atmosphere. <laughs> so there, there's a certain element of that as well. So, You had a thought? Well... Uh, first of all, Ann just called Bernie Sanders a non-top-tier candidate when she said that we picked him. By I, no, I meant Trump is who well, I was talking about. Well, you said that we picked the top-tier candidate because we had superdelegates, so that means Sanders <laughs> is not one. Well, so that if that says something to the Sanders people out there, is what I said, right, I and that's true, and that's what you said. So, And that's a problem. I mean, what they said there with the vote, and the fact that Bernie Sanders won Indiana, is a problem because Hillary Clinton yeah. is not popular in Indiana. She won't win Indiana, well, we'll and that's problematic that, we'll for win. their entire ticket. Well, we'll let's see about we'll, that. Well, let's, I, talk, I, let's talk about that because you know you got to you got to make note of the fact that Hillary Clinton didn't compete here in May. Right. She didn't do TV right. ads. She right. made only two campaign appearances right. in Indiana, and and uh, polling will indicate that she's not popular here. So how does she? Well, I, I think it depends on when you do the polling. Okay, one of the things. <laughs> I think that's pretty in- interesting about this is when she's putting herself forward as a candidate and she's being attacked with ridiculous charges by Trump, her numbers go down. When she's Secretary of State, she has an extremely high approval rating. When she was a senator from New York, she had an extremely high approval rating. She can get the job done, and I think by the time this campaign is over, the juxtaposition of the two of them will make her a lot more popular in Indiana than but you think. But the truth is, if she's a competitive in Indiana... It's likely it's over. It's over. It's right. likely that she's winning. And I expect her she's to be winning everywhere. Really? Yeah. You're the only one. Well, you're hoping. Well, this, <laughs> you're hoping. I mean, for Indiana voters, having Mike Pence on the ballot, does that... Yeah, absolutely. There's state pride involved. Anytime you have somebody from your state at the top of a ticket, that it's a factor. And that will be a factor in this. And they're going to win Indiana in a big way. He's brought back, Trump's brought back. Reagan Democrats, especially from southern Indiana, I expect us oh. to have a big day in Indiana. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, so when those expel Trump, Trump signs, yeah. uh, expel Pence signs go yeah. down, which I haven't seen happen yet. Today we saw uh, Mike Pence make a couple of appearances in Indiana as oh, governor, as really? governor, yeah. not as vice presidential not even candidate. Monday. Um, do <laughs> do you expect that he will campaign as a vice presidential candidate in Indiana? 
much. Not very often. I, I, I mean, maybe once or twice. I mean, he needs to be out on the road in other states that aren't in question for Republicans. Mm -hmm. And when he does make a stop as a as the governor, like he did today at the ALEC meeting, I mean, that's going to get national press attention anyway. So there's no really need for him. It to serves campaign the purpose. Here. It serves the purpose without serving, without actually performing. If the he function, starts campaigning right? in Indiana. It'll be back to where we said it'll be a landslide. <laughs> All right. Now to the contrast between Indiana delegates in Philadelphia and the Indiana Republican delegates in Cleveland. The Republicans had Mike Pence on the national ticket and constant excitement. Democrats saw big names like Evan Bayh and John Gregg stay home. Here are Andre Carson, Senator Joe Donnelly, and former Congressman Barron Hill at a delegation breakfast. Trump wants to take our country back to a mythological good old days that never existed. Their vision is dark. You saw it at the convention. Our vision is the best days of America are ahead of us. This country gets better every single year. And for our kids and our grandkids, it's our sacred obligation to make sure we do that. This is the most important election we've ever had because we have a person on the Republican side of the aisle that is ev against everything that we believe in. Mike McDaniel, what do you make of those no-shows? Look, you know, I understand wanting to stay home and campaigning when you're running for governor of the United States Senate. I really do. I think it's a, a week that uh, you miss and have opportunities at home to do things. But the problem with that, after John Gregg said he was going to stay here to campaign, he was not seen anywhere in Indiana. None of the none of the state campaign appearance. He made a campaign appearance yeah. Monday afternoon in and Greenwood. that was it. And all was week. That's all the only press he got. Oh, well, let him do that. A million and he ten didn't, days. He didn't. He didn't have any exposure in Indiana, and it's all about exposure. So, but this is more about you know them not wanting to be with Hillary Clinton Ew. because she is going to be the ultimate anchor on these people. You know, Greg was her co-chairman. I think By was a co-chairman the first time around. They're not having anything to do with it. Well, Bai was, was a Clinton superdelegate, and he didn't show up. And he didn't show up to vote. He didn't need them. But the other part of that that's interesting, did, did Todd Young show up at the Republican National Convention? Didn't see him. And there. he stayed home to campaign, and he did. Oh, he, he didn't did. want Just anything to said. do with Donald Trump. Just what Trump. I said. He didn't want he anything to do with Donald Trump, by your analogy. Yeah. <laughs> so full of it. The only reason you had the other people out there was because that's where John their election Greg was. And it's not actually people. I don't actually, it's not actually that unusual for candidates to stay home. Right. Now, I, I mean, I can remember past conventions where a candidate might fly in for a day, right. spend a right. day, and, and head back. Which and of course, did. And of course, the, at the Republican, the Republicans had a whole different situation going on. I mean, not only did they have Mike sure. Pence there, but they also had this campaign for governor going on. Right. So it's really almost impossible to compare the two. You agree? Yeah, I think Leslie makes some good points. I, I do agree with Mike a little bit, though, that we've seen Evan By and John Gregg sort of distance themselves. I mean, they both had longtime supporters, and yet we saw the RGA, the Republican Governors Association, this week puts out an ad against John Gregg, and I did. they did finally get them on the record saying, you know, he doesn't agree with Iron Cole, but yes, he's voting for the next, you know, president, female president of the United States. So, I mean, I, I think there was a little bit to that as well. Okay. Um, let's recap the week. Uh, winners and losers. Who was the big winner, Mike McDaniel? No question, Eric Holcomb. I mean, when you're picked to be the candidate for governor uh, and the circumstances that were presented, I think that would make him the big winner of the week. Big oh, winner. Oh, it's John Gregg. Eric Holcomb is the dream candidate to run against. Um, He'll do fine. We, you... Democrats have been saying since before the selection was made that Eric Holcomb was the candidate they wanted to run right. against, but they thought he was going to be the guy. Um, 
if it was Susan Brooks, you you would be saying that's who we I, want to I run against. I think Susan Brooks you? would have put no. Yes. No, answer, I had yes. said no. As a matter of fact, I think we had candid discussions about this off the record before, and I think I made my position pretty clear. Eric Holcomb was the worst candidate the Republicans could put forward. Who's the big winner? I'm going to go with Suzanne Crouch because she was kind of the unexpected decision here this week, and uh, I think she has quite a political career ahead of her. Big winner. Uh, it has to be Eric Holcomb. I mean, in a matter of months, due to good timing or good choices or whatever you want to call being it, a white he's male. gone from yeah. struggling in you know in a tough Senate race to possibly being the next governor. Uh, somebody said Frank Underwood has nothing on Eric Holcomb. Um, <laughs> uh, Eric Holcomb, who's the big loser? I think the Republican women are the big losers because they had three good opportunities to put forward women whose credentials make them qualified, and they whiffed on each one of them. Big Sean loser. Gregg, clearly. I mean, he had nothing going on this week. He was out of the conversation because all the attention that was given to Eric Holcomb. He had a terrible week. He was a big loser this he week. He raised a million dollars. He had a you don't terrible know. week. How do you know that? You don't I know, know that. that. I think no, the you reporting, don't. Yes, I do. We'll, no, we'll get a report next week, I believe. <laughs> you uh, can say any amount, Ann. Big, big well, loser, Nikki. I'm going to have to go with a tie between Jim Toms and Todd Rakita, who, who, who really... came in third and fourth in the yes, race for, in, for in, governor in, nominee. Yeah. Jim Toms and Todd Rokita, big losers. I'm actually going to say Susan Brooks because she yeah. came so close and yeah. didn't get it and because I think she probably would have been a very strong candidate. I think Susan Brooks has got to top the list there. Okay. Has this been the craziest month ever in Indiana politics, Mike? Well, as our friend Rice Early would say, is a 20-pound robin fat. <laughs> I mean, yes, this is the craziest time in the history of Indiana politics, bar none. There's no, there's no doubt about it. There's been so much going on. The musical chairs and the Republican Party, Evan Bay stepping in, the uh, picking Mike Pence, That's the who's not going to lose, who's going to lose, and all yeah. the way across the musical board. Musical chairs? Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, we, oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, certainly in my career. Okay. Yeah, yeah at least in my lifetime. Um, I wouldn't ask the question if that wasn't <laughs> the answer, right? Um, will the changes continue? Well, are we going to see more of this? I think it should be calmed down now. I think I think that uh, Rokita and Susan Brooks will both get their ballot spots back, and I I don't well, think they'll be. And both will win again. Challenges. We got challenges. Do. Absolutely. So I guess Indiana, I think they will. It could. It could. That's Indiana Week in Review for this week. Our panel is Democrat Ann Delaney, Republican Mike McDaniel, Nikki Kelly of the Fort Wayne Journal Gazette, and Leslie Widenbetter of the Indianapolis Business Journal. If you'd like a podcast of this program, you can find it at wfyi.org/iwir. Or starting Monday, you can stream it or get it on demand from Xfinity or Bright House Networks. I'm Jim Shella of Wish TV. We'll see you again next week. Programming is made possible by Ice Miller. Ice Miller, with a 100-year tradition of learning what is important to clients and strategizing with them toward a common goal. Today, Ice Miller continues its commitment to help clients build, grow, and protect their interests. More at icemiller.com.